Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon, Season 1, Episode 2, Alueta, is over. But we're just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. Nanu, nanu, everyone. It's me, Jessica Lee, and I'm here to talk about everything that happened in Episode 2 of Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon. I think we're safe to say things are heating up. Um, we've got a lot to unpack here. I really don't want to beat the dead horse or the dead mule, as it as it were. So we're just going to jump right into it. Um but before we get started, of course, we got to introduce the rest of the panel. Um, you know him as the man who actually probably did watch Mork and Mindy once upon a time. That's AJ Mass. Ooh, la, la. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, y'all dumbasses. And hey, I never did nothing with them kids. Wow. Well, I... <laughs> this is great. Uh, that means we don't have to suspend you from the bridge. Um it's all super. And of course, we also have a man who could definitely fight his way out of a moat full of zombies with a flail, Chappelle. Hi. Uh, yeah, Texas was in this episode, y'all. I felt like I was at home again, you know. Uh, do you know that guy? Sorry. I do know that guy. No, I don't know that guy. I know a billion of that guy. Trust me. If I go outside, if I throw a rock, I can hit one of those guys. Um, this felt so much better than last week. Just, I don't know if you know this, but I, the French, the words, they don't really, my Texas accent doesn't allow me to say those things. So I felt like Hmm, somebody gets me here in the zombie apocalypse. RIP that guy. Yeah, yeah. I think I I guess Americans in France, like that was the other one. So yeah, pretty much. Yeah. This this guy was from Texas specifically. So it felt really, yes. really good. Really good. I was like, oh wow. But then I also was like, why you gotta be like this? You know, like I give Texas a bad a pretty bad name myself, but dear God, I mean they went and found the quintessential Texan to put in this episode. And he did exactly what Texans be doing. So, you know, it is well, what it is. Well, look, Chappelle, representation is important. And <laughs> you can, you can adopt him as a flawed anti-hero if you want. No, no, he can stay wherever he is at the bottom of the, the zombie moat, uh, hanging, I believe, and being ripped to shreds the last time we saw him. Uh, that's fine with me. I, I'm good with that guy. It's a little taste of Texas, but I'm happy to be back here in France with you two. Yep. Yep. So, we're embarking on the journey, I guess. Um, and we've, of course, there's kind of two main things that are happening. We've got the A story and the B story. And I think we might as well just start with the A story here, since we're already in the thick of talking about, the, you know, the human yo-yo from Texas. And um, so everybody's in a mule cart and we're headed north. And Daryl's like, well, quickest way is through Paris. And Isabel's like, Oh no, we are not going through Paris. Um, and she's got a point because how many times have we seen people go into a big city? Like we learned from Maggie and Negan, don't go into big cities full of zombies, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I beginning in Atlanta. I mean, just don't yeah, it, it started in a metropolis. <laughs> um, Jess, how do you feel? Because you weren't here when we had the first conversation. You know, we, we get our Isabella, we get Daryl. How you feel about this kid, Laurent? Now, I gotta know, because... Well, you guys, you guys hated that guy. I, he started to, it started to wear on me after a while. At first, when I came in, I was like, he's fine. But let, let AJ just bash this kid for 30 minutes. And I was like, oh, yeah, you're right, he sucks. You, you, AJ you was just looking at Hated like it's past tense. <laughs> he actively hates. Oh, oh, come on. Look, I walked backwards for three months and didn't get up the stairs. <laughs> look, we've had Henry. We've had Dakota. 
We've had Charlie. I I feel like in the pantheon of annoying Walking Dead children, I don't read him very high. <laughs> I, I, I guess I guess because all he's doing is is being annoying rather than actively causing harm to others, which is usually what ends up happening with your Henrys and Dakotas and Charlies. But at the same time, I mean, you know, he, even these children that, that he's going to encounter in this episode, <laughs> just like, dude, no, you're a loser. <laughs> Go away. Well, I, I love this, though, because I feel like we at least understand why he is the way he is this episode. Like, okay, annoying child. We established this in episode one, but now it's like, we understand now that he has never been around other children and he probably does not know how to child. So the fact that the other kids like clock him immediately as being weird because he was never socialized, I think at least we understand him. Like other children in the Walking Dead world, they're just annoying for the sake of being annoying. And this at least, like, there's reason and texture to it. So yeah, I don't he, mind that as much. Laurent is is one of those, quote-unquote, homeschool kids. <laughs> having to make the school their home. Yeah. No, I get it. Completely yeah. different situations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, also, yeah. he's like the kids whose parents didn't pick him up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. he's He's also kind of half zombie you know like technically his mom was a zombie i'm just saying it's something to think about this man was brought into the earth uh a boy was brought into the earth from a zombie womb y'all i don't think we've seen that yet we've seen zombies be pregnant and have zombie babies you know we've seen that this this child is not a zombie baby his mom's zombie his dad's not zombie this is weird have we seen zombies give birth to zombies We've seen a zombie baby before, born out of a womb. Was it like early, the early days? Uh, I think we've seen a pregnant lady give birth to a dead baby. I think uh, we've seen it. Stillborn, yeah. Yeah, it was a zombie. I've watched so many of these shows, I forget which shows these things are on. They're, I mean, I know Z Nation's first episode focused on a zombie baby. Yeah. Basically doing that uh, CGI Yoda stuff, flying around the room, biting people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is a normal child whose mom was a zombie. This is new. I, I look. I, I I don't think he is the savior, but I could see why you would think he was the savior. There's got to be some weird stuff that you never thought you'd see before. Just like Caesar, basically, yeah, like literally Caesarian section here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh God. <laughs> It didn't look as clean as a as a C section. Well, they didn't oh. really have to care about the aftercare on this one. <laughs> no, don't have to have a pristine environment. Don't worry about infection. She's already infected. Will there be a scar afterwards? No, we're not sewing you no. back up, lady. <laughs> Just gonna let you loose. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the priest trying to exercise her, as a good priest would do. Absolutely. Uh, no, it, 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 it is an interesting twist. You know, spoiler alert for the end of the episode. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, he, his mother dies in childbirth and therefore perhaps some of the zombie virus gets through the umbilical cord and affects him in a different way, maybe? Which, could he be immune? It's not could he be the cure? Dark genetic line of, uh, of, of immunity, but could there be something to this? Sure, why not? 
if we want to go that direction, I guess we could. But it was also like, did she really die? Well, she died in childbirth. She didn't die of childbirth, though, right? She got bit by one of those ambulance okay. zombies, right? I, I want to talk about this. Because okay. I watched the episode, okay? And because I, I, I rewatched the scene going, did she get bit? Did she I didn't see her get bit. She had a she had a messed up arm. She she had a sweater on. The zombie like reaches for her and kind of goes nah, like makes a bite at her. But she pulls away and gets into that car real quick. No tear in the sweater. And suddenly, you know, ten minutes later, it's like, oh, I guess I got bit in the arm. And look, my my sweater is torn and I'm bleeding all through. It was like, come on. I, I get that you don't have to show us everything, but you showed us she didn't get bit. In that scene, guys, you really did. But how many times, AJ? How many times across mm -hmm. this series have we seen people like escape unscathed and then like lift up their totally intact yes. shirt to show yes. a bite mark on their freaking torso? Secret underneath the shirt bite. Sure, this was through the shirt where we already saw she hadn't been bit through the shirt bite, and I call shenanigans. How do you know that wasn't some under the shirt action? It could have been some under the shirt action. I'm, I'm sorry, Jess is on, Jess has the, uh, the she, she well, has this it this time. Under the shirt action, I signed on for. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I call shenanigans. They 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 could have easily just cut the scene just a little bit differently, and I would have bought the premise. But it was just like I watched specifically. She did not get the bit. What is the value of making that ambiguous? Right, right. Make it pretty clear that this woman got bit. Because what what do we do? Find out in like six episodes, like, oh, well, he would have had the cure if she'd actually got bitten, but that was just like a wound. You know, like it wasn't actually it's just a wound. It's just a wound. I mean, yeah, they could they could always backtrack <laughs> in this yeah. scenario. You're seeing what you want to see. I don't know. I, I just I just found that very poorly done on their part. Again, because it is this whole big, ooh, she got bit. Like just she's already screaming in pain and everything. The only reason for her not to, the only reason for Izzy not to know that she was bit is so that she could plausibly sell it to the to the mother superior if she had, you know, say, right. oh, whoa, no, she can't come in here. She's been bit like, you know, no, no, no. She's just pregnant. Oh, OK. Come on okay. in. That that would yeah. that would be justified that, you know, plausible deniability. But no, no, they didn't care because it's so early in, in the apocalypse. They don't know. Yeah. Well, th this is another question I had about this, because this is like day three of the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. And the nuns seem really, really well prepared for what's about to happen. Aren't they cloistered? Like, how closely are they following the news? Like, at this point in regular Walking Dead, like, we didn't see this in regular Walking Dead, but at this point in fear, they didn't know, for instance, they had to stab him in the head to kill him. Mm -hmm. They didn't know at this point. It took regular Walking Dead, like, three entire months to learn that even if you don't get bit, you're still going to come back if you die. And they seem to know all of this already. How do yeah. they know this? Um, they, uh, discernment, you know, spiritual discernment. Maybe there's a, we nuns, maybe we prayed <laughs> on it. I, don't, I, I think you're right. Jeremiah though. chapter three. <laughs> and lo, they will come back. I don't know. Yeah. Jeez, look, they were prepared and it's very weird. It is because, you know, she shows up and they know exactly how to ha handle this whole zombie situation. You would think these nuns have not been out in the streets. You know, they haven't seen a lot of visitors who are probably bitten, but they figured it out. They, oh, shoot, she got a bite. Cool. Bet. Let's get let's get to work. We got to deliver this baby. She's going to die. Got to got to put her down. I don't know. They, maybe they're just quick on their toes. It, this whole situation moves very, very fast. 
like you said, it's probably day three of the zombie apocalypse. But I wonder, did the apocalypse hit kind of like simultaneously across the continents? Because we haven't really talked about that, but we know America had an apocalypse. We know France is having an apocalypse. But how? You know, what, what happened in both of those places, either at the same time or that what made the trip, you know, the journey? I really want to know, is this airborne? I, now I have questions. I haven't had questions about the actual mechanics of the disease in a very long time because it does not matter. There is no cure. We've been doing this forever. It's not happening. But now I want to know, how did it get to France? Well, Chappelle, I think everybody has become an amateur epidemiologist in the last three and a half years. That part. That part. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it starts in one place, one person carries it, you know, because everybody's infected, right? Like, mm. that was what the guy said at the CDC. Everybody's infected. So it's like one person, they're all kind of carrying the dormant zombie virus, and then you have to either get bit or die for it to come active. So it was getting spread all over the place. And then everybody suddenly gets it. But I think one of the things, one of the reasons the nuns might have a little more intel on than your average American at this point. They, they also said at the CDC, this was, I don't know, I haven't revisited this episode recently, but this was back when I was paying very close attention to The Walking Dead. So I recall the other thing that they said at the CDC was in France, it felt like they were getting really close to a cure, but oh, then it didn't that. happen. So yeah. I feel like in France, they were a little more on the ball. They knew what was going on with the zombies probably sooner than Americans. You, you mean to tell me other countries take like global pandemics and all kinds of things a lot more seriously than the United States, than, 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 than America's? Than the How Americans dare you? Did? How dare you, Chappelle? I'm just, I'm just questioning that. I mean, we don't have any evidence to, to support that, right? That we would all get the same type of disease or there would be a virus going around and that America would be the last people to take it seriously? I, 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 that, that sounds like fiction to me. Okay, made up. I'm, my bad. My bad. No dis. No disrespect. No disrespect. Yeah, disrespect implied. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it, it. But it did seem like they're like, oh yeah, let's get out the restraints and let's get out the you know kill a knife and let's get this baby out of here. They seemed like I. I think nuns normally. I okay. I do. I do watch Call the Midwife. So. Those were like special nuns that were trained in this. Like these nuns just seem like this is like a regular day at the office for them. They're all totally ready to deliver a, a baby. Yeah. And they passed the baby off. I feel like, I, I'm sorry, I can't get past this scene. They passed the baby off without even, I feel like they didn't do a proper, is this a zombie baby inspection or not? You know, you just pulled this baby out of a zombie. You're it's like, crying though. It's not crying. It's not yeah, going, but, it's crying. I, but could it like, also die like most like baby's mortality is very much very fickle at that at that ripe age of like three seconds you know like this baby could die and just be zombie baby and you just handed it to this woman i'm sorry i just don't the nuns I, felt prepared but now I I, second you. thought what's happening no i hear you but Père Jean said he's a miracle and therefore it's a miracle so you mm -hmm. know i trust Père Jean. Yeah. This baby might have like zombie fangs or something like that when it grows up. You're just keeping the zombie baby around? I just, it feels uncomfortable. I don't know. In the moment, yeah, I get it. Pass the baby off to this lady. Maybe she takes the baby and leaves. But we know they never leave. So they just keep this baby around hoping that it doesn't evolve one day into a zombie like its mom. I, I don't know. I, I, this, was, this felt uncomfortable to me. 
this is untested science. Like, okay, yes. maybe it turns into a zombie. Maybe it's fully human. Maybe it's one of those Renesmee situations. Mm. Oh, no. That's no, no, <laughs> no. No. Okay. He didn't just imprint on Daryl. No. <laughs> Please, of, look, of all the people, don't imprint on Daryl. He wants to die in silence. Please. Wow, that that's a twist I would never see coming. Big yikes. So I I, I know we have a lot of episodes that we do actually want to go through, but I, I did want to play a little game um, because at the end of the episode, we see that uh, Isabel takes takes the baby and she sees a statue of Saint Laurent and decides to name this child Laurent after the statue. Uh, I have a list here of of nine things that Saint Laurent is the patron saint of. Nine things. Nine things. And I like, it's actually a list of about 30, but I took the nine most interesting ones, at least for our purposes. Would you like to hear nine things that Saint Laurent is the patron saint of? Yeah, I would love this because, okay, see, I grew up Protestant. Uh, We don't really do like saints of stuff. So I didn't even know you could be a saint of like multiple things. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I thought you you had one saint for per like thing, you know, kind of like. You know, like the Greek gods and stuff like that. You know, like yeah, the you god of that, No, Saint well, is a very busy man. Okay. All right, so he, he is the patron saint of seminarians. So that makes sense. And that's probably why his statue was in this. Yeah, Père Jean okay. put the statue in. Sure. So absolutely. Yeah. Cool. His also the patron, it was like his Eagle Scout project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> patron saint of librarians. Okay. Oh, okay. Nice. A scholar. Patron saint of comedians. Comedians. Sure. Like Robin Williams. Yeah, there you go, Nanu Nanu. Uh, winemakers, Beautiful. students, ah, uh, students. Mm, okay. Lots of students okay. in this episode. Poor people. Lots of poor people in this episode too. Right. I and knew I had them. a patron saint in here. Yeah, this is cover librarians and comedians, probably. Right. Uh, uh, look, yeah. all all of which could apply to me, depending on what day it is. I'll take it. And, and the last three I found very fascinating. He is also the patron saint of Canadians. What? Yeah, he's, wow. he's the patron saint of Canada. St. Well, Lawrence, got, like, Saint St. Lawrence, like Saint yeah, Lawrence. Gulf of yeah. St. Lawrence, yeah, yeah, yeah. Canadians, but you say the Canadians. So they is, adopted him. He wasn't ordained that. They no, he like wasn't said, right, but they adopted him as their patron. Saint. Okay. And, and the last two, uh, patron saint of barbecue. Yay, Texas! No, now you're no. making, the, yeah, you're making no, things no, up. No, no, no. This might be my patron saint. Like this and, is my guy. And of course, my patron saint, lower back pain. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep, that one relatable. Yep, there you go. So Did, that, that how, so uh, yeah, which basically means lower back pain, uh, pain in the ass. That's Laurent in a nutshell. Mm, I agree. True. I'm in shock. So how do you? This is all completely off topic. I didn't want to know like when you were passing out patron sainthoods. Why were you like you know a real pain in my ass that Laurent? You know like how did you end up with that? Could you dispute it? Like, <laughs> I don't want to be that. I mean, it could be good. He could be like protecting like. You know, that's mm. St. Anthony is the saint of lost objects. It's not because he was losing stuff all the time. It's because he helps you find stuff. So maybe St. Laurent is like the patron saint of chiropractics. Yeah. back that's makes you feel better. There you go. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, this little kid, he's a pain in my ass. So <laughs> exactly. it fits. There you go. Yeah. Fair he's enough. such a brat. He's such a brat. I'm sorry. This, uh, I get it. He's a child. I understand. But this whole, like... I'm going to walk in front of the the mule because I'm throwing a fit because I can't stay with my new friends who don't even like me. That was annoying. I'm sorry. It's it's a little bit sad, though. 
I, I feel sympathy for him. Like he'd rather stay and get ragged on every day of his life, like get stuffed into lockers than hang out with a couple of nuns and a guy that communicates in grunts. Yeah, I mean, yeah, when you say it like that, I guess his point's made on both sides, you know, because hanging out with the nuns and Daryl can't be that much fun. At least maybe you think you can, the kids will warm up to you eventually, you know, you might be able to fit in. Uh, there's no fitting in with the nuns and Daryl. Yeah, it's... Although, although you know, for all the grunting, I mean, he, he was actually quite philosophical. <laughs> I love his Darryl. prayer. He had a great prayer. The, the prayer was great. Absolutely. What was it? Uh, like, uh, Lord... Uh, were we that horrible? <laughs> Maybe yeah. we do deserve it. But you can't tell me this isn't good. This isn't good enough for you. I don't know what is. Yeah, <laughs> literally. That now that's a prayer for you. He's like, I don't know what we did to deserve this. Hopefully you like this. But if this ain't this is the best we got. So and then later on, know. Isabel was going like, Oh, these poor kids, they they they, they don't re they don't remember what it used to be like. Can't miss what you never had. Yeah. <laughs> He's just yeah. a regular fortune cookie this episode. Yeah, I don't think they would have much knowledge into how nuns and fathers work either. You know, like they they're like, oh y'all are nuns, say a prayer. They said a prayer, like they, they you know, and then like say it. I was like, okay, cool. He's 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 oh he's a father, huh? Make him pray at the dinner time. He does his like you know grunty prayer, and they're like, uh, I guess that's how I think it would work. You know, it's not like I grew up watching you know or in the church. I've been here this whole time, so well, I guess they didn't have much to go off of. They had they they were all raised this, these eighteen children were all raised by this one bedridden old lady who may or may not mm. be a nun herself. So, at the very least, she's like a strong flavor of Catholic who could impart this kind of stuff. And these kids apparently they had access to a library worthy of Saint Laurent himself, yeah, given yeah. that that Laurent has been snowballed by a story out of the Count of Monte Cristo and he tries to tell the kids like this is this is what I heard my dad did and they're like oh your dad was the Count of Monte Cristo nice and I love that because how many times in in TV have you seen a precocious child like snowball somebody with a story out of classic literature and Laurent gets no purchase with this but I boy shut up we can read <laughs> like we were raised I on the same limited amount of classic literature that you were I mean, right. I think there were multiple times in this episode where that happened, where someone was, you know, putting pulling the wool over someone else's eyes, and they were just like, "Nah," because like that—that that was right. The kids were just like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, no, sorry." And uh, you know, Lou with with Daryl, like, "So you're not a priest? Tell me what your story is." <laughs> right. She wasn't so, buying it either, but it's, yeah. it's, it was really nice to see to see that like uh, the tropes weren't there this episode. Yeah. yeah, or the the tropes are like busted immediately. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, oh, now now you've got my interest. And again, this with these mini series is with the you know I love the dead or this is like oh, dead city. Yeah. My my <laughs> look, my favorite busted trope is that I didn't hate Lou. I'll take it. You yeah, know, like a, yeah, of all the kids, give me this one. She's like, yeah, uh, I'm in, I'm with it. What's up? What do you need? Oh, you want to yeah, go to the Lou, castle? Lou was a flashback to uh, Lexa from the hundred. Like it's the same, the female, you know, the young female leader who gets underestimated, but really she's savvier she's than you it. think. Well, yeah. which is itself a throwback to walking dead. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. This works for me. This works for me. She wasn't annoying. You know, like, I think a lot of the, like the little young tykes that lead, lead the way they're like, they're like super like high strong, you know, and they're just like, I, like everything has to be a certain way. And all that stuff. She kind of was relaxed. You know, she came down, you know, she kind of 
read the room a little bit. Okay, we got some visitors. It's cool. You know, set up dinner. They'll pray for us next day. Let's take you to the castle. It wasn't a lot of you know, like I don't, I don't trust outsiders and all that stuff. She wasn't like trying to hoist herself to be some like big bad leader. She just was in charge, and I, I was like, I like this a lot. I don't think we're ever gonna see her again, but you know. Well, and there, we were two, there were two things about about the the intro to these characters, the kids. The first is I, I did like the fact that uh, to, to the busting tropes, like they they were introduced with whistling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, do you think oh, that's bad guys? Yeah, oh, not, not whistling and arrows are being shot. Oh, oh no, it's just a bunch of kids. So that was kind of funny to me. And I, the only thing that was missing when Lou finally arrives, when she goes, <clears throat> and now we will practice our English. For the American, was all those mm-hmm. was a wink at the camera, like wink. <laughs> you, Mister Audience Member. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it's so it's so convenient that we just have this show. Like, we need Daryl there just because Daryl doesn't speak French, and otherwise, everybody would just speak French all the time. And I love that every single person he meets is just like, oh, okay, well, we speak English because we're civilized humans, and. <laughs> We'll just communicate like that. And it's also super convenient that even when Daryl's not there, Isabel's boyfriend is British. So yeah. he can speak English. He doesn't speak French either. So that's also very convenient. Um, I want to go back to the top of this episode and the impetus for all of this, like for them needing a horse in the first place, because this I need to figure out what I'm missing here. I watched this several times, so I don't get it. There were about five zombies a hundred feet away and the mule got upset. And so Daryl's solution to this is to let the mule go get et by the zombies. He's like, okay, we don't need you. Bye-bye. And now they got a whole cart full of crap and nobody pull it. And they got to leave that whole cart full of supplies because of five zombies that I feel like it would have been just as easy for Daryl to go dispatch those zombies, and then the mule would have kept on going. Well, that's preposterous, Jess. If, if Daryl was surrounded by a hundred zombies, there's no way he could dispatch them all and survive. Oh, wait. Oh, oh wait. wait. He does that later. Yeah. Zombie moat. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think... <laughs> If Daryl was incapacitated or if Daryl didn't have a weapon, sure, it makes sense for him to go, oh, no, the mule's making noise and braying. He's attracting the zombies. I'll send the mule off and the zombies will follow the mule and we'll be okay because the the zombies will run the other way and then we don't have to dispatch the zombies. I would understand that maybe he's just trying to protect these these people that he's sworn to protect. I don't know. It it doesn't make a lot of sense given that it's Daryl, given that it was some Mm -hmm. random. Sure, it would make a lot of sense. Unless, like, Daryl just has the same faith in every animal that he does in Dog, because no. I could see him telling Dog to do that, and Dog would just, like, outsmart the zombies. But this is a very dumb mule. Clearly. And maybe maybe Daryl was just like, I don't feel like it. I've always fighting zombies. Can I just... But we just get rid of the horse. He's like, what? What are you talking about? Why would we get rid of... He's like, yeah, because I can't beat them all. It's like, there's only five of them. So, yeah, but... I'm tired. I'm, I'm tired of walking. I came over here on a like uh, attached to a canoe. Can I not have to fight the zombies right now? Maybe that's what Daryl was going through because I agree. In the moment, I didn't even realize it that that was the whole holdup. Was it? It was just only five. Um, because yeah, we've seen Daryl do some amazing things, and like you said, by the end of this episode, still amazingly just surviving and surviving left and right. 
You would think Daryl with a simple knife could have gotten rid of these zombies. Yeah, and, and he guess... had he had more weapons than that. Like mm-hmm. he had a gun. He had um he had like later on they have crossbows. I think those belong to the kids in the preschool though. Sure. Which is boy, that's also, a weird sentence. He's also seen Isabel and, and Sylvie like defend themselves and survive an, an onslaught just last episode so he knows they could take care of themselves maybe he was just concerned that they would be fighting like zombie one and zombie two and then they would go i need to fight the third one and get eaten immediately (laughs) they're loud so so another horde shows up i don't know but yeah into the horse and of course they're like well laurent really loves the horse don't do that it's like well does laurent want to live or no because i think we have to let the horse go here yeah, I, I feel like there were more options. They had more <laughs> options. At least they, one. We know Daryl could have killed them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Daryl could have killed them with a stick. He could have picked a stick off the ground and he could have done it. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen him I've seen him kill zombies with his feet, so you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. And then so we're given to understand. I, I feel like if this is what's setting the tone for like this road trip adventure of a series at this juncture in the series, if we're just going to meet a new group of people every week and then Daryl's going to help them. This is the zombie drama that I've been asking for for like six years. Like this is what I wanted out of season five of Fear the Walking Dead. Like when they finish fighting the filthy woman and they're like they're going to take up the mantle of polar bear and they're going to go help people. That's what I wanted out of the following season. Like I wanted them to meet new people every week and help them and then move on their merry way. And it really, I, you know, of course, AJ and I have both seen the whole series at this point. Um, And it's not exactly what they do, but it's not, not what they do here because they do meet kind of new group of people every week. There's a lot more. I think, again, this speaks to France being a little bit more on the ball when it comes to epidemiology than the u.s because it seems like they meet a new group of people pretty quickly like every town still got people living in it which is kind of cool like good for you france <laughs> good for you mm-hmm. but yeah and it's not because because we're not completely dispatching of the people as we go because we, we seemingly are you know we we gain it's not just daryl it's, it's daryl and isabel and sylvia and laurent and so if it was just him, then yeah, it could be like a, a highway to heaven, incredible Hulk situation where, you know, come in, save the day, and ding, 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 and there goes <laughs> my roll, ding, ding. But no, it, it's, it's, hey, we got to get over there. Oh, what's the trouble this week? We need a horse. They have a horse. Let's get the horse. Oh, what happened here? Did our, did our wagon throw a wheel? We need a wheel. He has a wheel. Let's get the wheel. Like, <laughs> whatever obstacle they want to put up each week. But you know they make progress, and finally they'll get you know get there at the end is is what you assume they'll do, or or in the case yeah. of uh, you know quantum leap, you know hoping each time the next trip will be the trip home. Nope, sorry, keep trying. So yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think we don't have uh, another group that is grounded in one any one place in general right now, right? So in the in the Walking Dead proper, we get a lot of we're walking to a place. But we also have s- smaller subgroups that are anchored at different locations, whether it's Terminus or, you know, Padre or whatever the case may be. There's like 
that that the big ass uh you know uh tower or whatever the case may be there's always a set piece where we got a bunch of people in this one spot and then we got people trying to either get there or get away from there this we don't have a lot of people in one spot so it's kind of like the the journey is the destination you know this whole thing we're following this trip we have no reason to check back in at the uh the monastery or with the kindergartners that's what they are in my notes those mm. these kids the kindergartners is it very much the recess kindergartner vibes you know i don't I, look my, <laughs> there's just a bunch of kids who have just started their own civilization that seem to be just doing fine um but yeah i think that's what it is you know like we know they're trying to get somewhere but there's no home base right now it's just the the transit and we haven't been like that in the walking in a very long time yeah i and again we can tell that Chappelle's the baby of the podcast because that's his reference point whereas I'm guessing that AJ and I have the same reference point um, that we would throw this back to. And that is the kids with the airplane from Mad Max beyond Thunderdome. <laughs> Indeed. That's, that's a very good, very good reference point there. Yeah. And he's, I don't know Chappelle shakes his head like, I, I <laughs> yeah. know not what mm -hmm. of you speak. <laughs> They're going to ask Daryl if he's, yeah. Ask Daryl if he's the pilot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, these kids are doing great on their own. Um, and it seems like the implication last week was that the nuns are on the radio to people all the time. Like there's open CB channels and they know that there's people in every one of these towns. They're going to have this like little, you know, ecumenical waypoints along the path to the ultimate destination. And that seems a lot more put together. Like, okay, Alexandria meets the hilltop and the hilltop knows about the kingdom and they all know about the saviors but they don't have a whole like network of they know where everybody is and they know that if they go to a town there's going to be people there so this is this is way more this is made, way more successful i think than the u.s has been up to this point. this is this is the underground railroad <laughs> no very good no very bad stop it aj <laughs> Um, do you do you reckon that the kids have one episode of Mork and Mindy and that's the only thing they watch? Or do you gotta think be. they have the whole series? No, nah, it's got to be that one episode, right? Because they all know it by heart. Um, were you impressed with them having a television and movies and stuff like that? I mean, they are using your your energy uh, plan here, except they're, they're using kid-powered to keep the, the television on. Was the kid on a bicycle? Yeah, he was on like a Peloton. <laughs> yeah that's like look at you look at the kids you know you get to ride the bike today we all get to watch Mork and Mindy I don't know how often they have TV time but it feels like a good thing I wonder if they have like other movies I know they probably don't have the whole season of I mean or a series of Mork and Mindy um not that it could be that many episodes right but I'm sure more they than you have, think like, you'd be surprised probably, probably. Hey, over many... 150 right Chappelle what yeah 150 AJ am I right 150 minimum I mean we're talking 25 episodes in a season and okay i'm looking this up now maybe five six years I'm, probably i'm seeing 95 i think and that's a lot so maybe uh, 95 could last you a long time i don't know if anybody knows every word like they knew if they were watching all 95 episodes so i maybe they got like you know the same five six in rotation yeah oh it was four seasons i thought it went way longer than that too but well, that's because that's because you know they 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 brought in the kid, but the kid wasn't a kid because the kid was Jonathan Winters. <laughs> they would all yeah. all sitcoms back then when they were starting to get stale, they'd bring in a kid. But for more, and Mindy, they brought in a, a kid who was like Benjamin Buttoning. He was aging backwards. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that was 
and the show got stale. Like usually you bring in the kid in like season six or seven and this show got stale much faster than that. Yeah. Jess, they just said, uh, and, and Robin improvises for the next 10 minutes. Go. Yeah. Like they didn't have scripts. They just had Robin. They just had Robin at a boatload of cocaine. And they did that for four years. Hey, that has something in common with this episode too. Cause there was coke here. Oh yeah, there was. Yeah. I'm surprised. Lots of through lines here. Um, lots of through lines. Oh, ah, that's ah. better. <laughs> is that is, is that better than than the Underground Railroad? Yes, a thousand percent. <laughs> AJ AJ deserves to be punished. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let's go to Isabel. Uh, right after I make the observation that the children watching Mork and Mindy reminded me of Will Smith watching Shrek in I Am Legend. And I guess it's kind of the same thing. Like, this is the movie you have. So this is the yeah. movie you learn every line. Well, that was a lot sadder because he had, like, the, the Today Show <laughs> that he watched over and over again. Yeah. And he also had access to, like, the entire basement of Two Boots video. And he still watched Shrek every day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so that is a little sadder. Uh, a little bit, but I have uh, digital cable and a lot of streaming services, and I've seen Shrek way more than I would like to admit. So I, I get it. I know I've seen Shrek in Spanish, uh, so I understand. Sometimes you just need that comfort show. Yep, yep. I mean, uh, just ask. Shut up, Tim. Shrek holds up. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's talk about Isabel. Um, were you surprised to find out that Isabel is not the pure? She's not pure nun. <laughs> <laughs> she's a half half nun she she is a nun who had a past she was once and I, we don't know how long it's been i guess laurent's like what 12 nine? years yeah so laurent's 12 years old she probably converted to full-blown nun nun nunishness into probably like two years in maybe it probably took a little bit for her to convert um but yeah, she she lived a long ass life before she became a nun. You know, she was partying, smoking cigarettes, and doing coke and dancing, and I'm assuming having premarital sex. She looked like she was just living her best life before the zombie apocalypse happened. You know, I, I don't know. The zombie apocalypse sounds pretty horrible, but I think it it might even be worse if you have to be in the zombie apocalypse as a nurse. I mean, as a nun. You know, like that's it's kind of tough. She there's a bad time to switch to. Oh uh, well, maybe maybe it's not a bad time to switch to religion because I mean, what else do you have? I mean, as a nun, and of course, you know, I've read the I've read the fic collected fictional works of Ken Follett here, so this is what I know about nuns. Um, mm. In the Middle Ages, like the if you're a woman, a nun is basically the best thing you can be because you get to live with a lot of intellectually minded women you get to learn how to read you get to learn doctoring you get to have a better diet than most people around you and you know the cloistered life i would say in the zombie apocalypse being cloistered is probably a best case scenario here and i i could also see i could see the nuns like because they're because their convent is a little bit more self-sufficient, like they already have the garden in place. They already have the infrastructure. I'm sure they keep chickens and mm -hmm. fruit trees and whatnot. They're already ready for the downfall of civilization. They're not as dependent on, you know, the supply chain. So yeah. I would say like 
if you want to be anything in a zombie apocalypse, I think a nun is a good thing to be. And also, yeah. if it's the zombie apocalypse, they might like they might let some of your vows slide because <laughs> zombies. Sure. Yeah. And and as new people come in, they're much more lenient in taking those vows, clearly, because it's like, hey, we, we need the peeps. So right. I in. could see I could see Isabel like having witnessed this miracle kind of having the sort of Paul in the road to Damascus moment and immediately taking those vows. I could see her feeling like she was delivered to the nuns and she, she could have the feeling. I don't think it took her a year. I think it might've taken her a week. If do you that. think she came up? Do you think she came up with the, with the prophecy? Cause in the first episode, they're very hell bent on like, you know, this Laurent is the savior essentially, but yeah. Were they waiting on a Laurent to happen, or did she show up and Laurent happened, and they were like, "This gotta mean something, right?" Like, uh, don't we have some primitive drawings or something like that that aligns with this? I, I think it's more that second thing. I think you know mm-hmm. they they just witnessed this this miracle of of life from death. Um, you know, it's focused around a baby, so sure, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know that, that 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 fits right in, especially with you know all, all the apocalypse and going on, which yeah. I thought was, which uh, it was. I would have loved for this. To, like, we didn't need Daryl for the series. I, I would think. No. Like, and, no. and if we just started with that scene of Isabel, um, yeah, I would have been happy to start a series that way. It, it was a really cool intro to, you know, it, it, it's the it's the what can get tired in these was like the zombies were really us, man, all along. <laughs> but, but that is what that first sequence was like. You know, they were just dancing like zombies and droning to the music and. Sh- you know, she'd walk away from somebody and be like, hmm, I don't know. I'm just going to keep dancing and dancing. I don't even know why I'm dancing. I have no control of my mind. I'm on drugs. So it, it was this kind of like cool take on our society today as zombie apocalypse with all these slow, the slow build of everything happening in the background that she's not noticing where, you know, the, the zombie apocalypse has started and she doesn't even know it yet. It's like there's a scream as she leaves the party, like which sounds like, uh oh, something's happening up there. But you know, she goes down the elevator, she doesn't notice it, and she just does some more drugs. And then she's on the, on the train, and like she, someone gets bit off in the distance. She's like, oh, someone's being attacked. Oh well, you know, it isn't until mm-hmm. she encounters the newsman who is actually a zombie, that, you know, that she's like, oh crap, this is real. Uh, yeah, I like it. I like anytime they show us day one of the apocalypse, right? When they show us like. Hey, I was walking around out of my business and then zombies happen. Because, you know, mm. when the, in the Walking Dead proper, we didn't get that. We woke up with right. Grimes being like three days, you know, like he woke up like, oh, shoot, all this already happened and now, now I'm here. But we saw it a little bit in fear. And then we definitely saw it in the, um, the other Walking Dead, the one with the little one-off episodes, the Parker Posey episodes. Oh, yeah, you know Tales. Yeah, Tales. We saw that too with them at the at the gas station and stuff, you know? And so I like, I always like this. So I, I probably agree with AJ that they could have started it like this and I'd probably be just as entertained. You know what I liked even more than that? I liked, I liked the one-off episode about Negan and his wife like three yes. weeks into the zombie apocalypse mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I felt like that gave you a better idea of like, you know, it wasn't that everybody died all at once on one day. It was like things got gradually harder and harder and harder and things broke down. But I agree. I like seeing those early things because the original premise of The Walking Dead as a comic book was that you were never supposed to know how it started or, you know, anything about where the zombies came from. It was just like all of a sudden he wakes up and zombies have happened. 
and mm. you're never supposed to be able to understand the reasons for it because if you can find the reasons for it you could fix it and you know even though we are getting more and more hints that people are trying to fix it we still can't fix it yeah so, yeah um but yeah i i think they did such a great economical job this week of introducing us to isabel as a character and i think they make her very relatable and nuanced and interesting and you see how she got where she is and why she made the choices she did and also underscoring the point that nobody survives in the zombie apocalypse without being a little bit underhanded and mm -hmm. it's like how do nuns survive well they're a little bit underhanded yeah yeah um, yeah and the only reason yeah. she's alive and, and, and with the nuns is because she took one second she's like oh you want me boyfriend you want me to ditch my sister who's pregnant okay i'll tell her <laughs> yeah that's it i'm making the decision right now no we, we are surviving mm -hmm. this it's why she can't judge daryl when daryl's like yeah i can i could definitely get some medicine for this woman who's dying you know it'll it'll fix it yeah just i just need to get a horse yeah this guy just need that daryl even comes back and he just tells uh lou like yeah, I lied. You know, the, the medicine was never at home. I just needed the horse. And yeah. you're going to go now. Bye. And I think like, Isabel's in on this the whole time. Like, she mm -hmm. is she is pulling the long con right alongside Daryl. Like, you can mm -hmm. tell she's totally up for it. It's like, let's just go rip off these kids. And, yeah. yeah. But then the kids rip them off right back. Because you have several different times where it's like, Daryl thinks he's getting one over on them. And the kids are like, nah. -uh. Like, oh. You thought it was just you and Lou going to rob this guy. She brought her whole posse with her. And mm -hmm. and we're here to save the day. Yeah, so I liked it. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. Like everybody's, you know, you have to find people you can trust a little bit and people you can work with. But again, this is like the show that brought us all together in the first place. You know, you got to find people you like that you can trust, you work with, but you can't fully trust anybody because everybody's screwing everybody over all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and I and I also like the fact that at the, the end of the episode, um, you know, when, you, you know, you get that parallel where they, they see uh, Moof's brother <laughs> <laughs> was not off on some hero mission. No, he had actually died and is, is in the moat with all, all the zombies. And Lou's like, all right, I'll take care of it. But she can't. And Daryl has to kill kill this uh this guy for her and then just the very next scene she's already like okay that felt like crap not being able to do it i'm going to do it for someone i care about and i got this like she's grown even in the course of this episode and that you never see that on this show yeah she's so dope it's fantastic so dope. yeah my and, favorite kid and even the way she says she's like i can do it i think mm. <laughs> she's gonna give it a try yeah. And we also, another great character moment this episode, we got a mention of Merle, which when yeah. was the last time you heard about Merle? Like, I don't think Merle was discussed on Walking Dead proper since like 2015. And it was nice that it's a nice reminder that the show remembers itself. Like it remembers this universe and it's not just, and of course we say that this show would have been, great if daryl wasn't even in it like it would still be entertaining we don't need him 
but the fact that the show isn't just sticking him in there so that they can have the show. Like they're really thinking about who Daryl is, where he comes from, how does he relate to these people and what is in his past that will resonate with him. I thought that was great too. And especially like the, the symmetry of this kid having a brother and Daryl talking about his brother that he lost and, and and Isabel with the sister, that sister. She lost. Yeah. sister yep. like, so there's, yeah. there's all that going on uh also like like you said like this quest it, it isn't really it's not daryl's quest he's tagging along because his quest is taking him in the same direction like you oh you said the boat's over there i'm gonna go with you and then we're gonna go do the boat thing right right the boat thing but if for some reason daryl falls into the moat and dies the show's not over because we can follow yeah. along with Isabel and Sylvia and Laurent as they make it up there. Like, you know, obviously that's not going to happen. There's the name of the probably show to, is, is Daryl Dixon. We, probably have to change have, the name of the show. Right. Have There's to pull a Hogan family on it. I yeah. get it. There's still plot armor, but it doesn't feel that way when I'm watching it. It feels like, you know, yeah, okay, he could be in danger for, for, for these things because the story it's would go on without him. It's not, it's not, it's not Daryl's quest really that we're following. We're following this, kind of building quest where everyone's tagging along and they're or aligned for this part of the journey. So let's, let's work together. And I, I think that's what's, what's interesting about it. I have a question. Okay. How much of this story do you think was already written at the point where Melissa McBride said she was not involved? And in that event, where do we think Carol would be in this story and what role would she be playing? I feel like they have to rewrite this whole thing. It I, this doesn't for me. This doesn't make sense with with Carol. Uh, Carol one does not like kids. I'm well, you know, she likes kids to, to an she extent. Loves kids she, sometimes, you know. She keeps well, she getting stuck them. with kids. Yeah, but like, what, what? I mean, but what does she do here? If you have Daryl and Carol, and they come into to, like, is she just like making small talk with the with the with the nuns? Like, what do you? I I don't know where you do with someone who is. Like Carol, maybe she's on her own like mission or something. You know, like maybe she has like a whole side quest that has nothing to do with Daryl. Because we again, we've seen that in The Walking Dead a lot, where we'll have one set of main characters doing one thing, and we'll have another same set of main characters doing a whole other mission. So maybe you know, Carol's still at the uh, still where the nuns are at, or or so she stays with the kids, and then she's like training up the kid army. I just don't think there's a world where Daryl and Carol are moving through the show together with this nun, with the other nun, and with the kid. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's not, it feels like not a great use of Carol as a character. Or or they do the, the thing where we see them wash up on the beach together in, in the first scene and mysterious figure and when you know Daryl wakes up suddenly he's alone. We don't know right. what happened to Carol and we follow, you know, Carol's over there he has to get to Carol. her adventure, mm -hmm. which son suddenly comes back and intersects. So maybe this half of the adventure is still is still there, but Carol's off on the other half of the adventure. They meet up in Paris under the Eiffel Tower. Exactly. I would vomit. Mm -mm. <laughs> nope, don't like it. <laughs> to the music of DJ Bowie Jane at, at a rave. <laughs> it's pronounced effing Bowie Jane. <laughs> Sorry. Tell, tell me she wasn't the DJ at that party. I think she was. Probably had more I, air can't time. Than she wasn't. Episode. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Carol probably watched her fair share of Mork and Mindy back in the day too. Sure, wouldn't want to mm -hmm. deprive her of that. Yeah, but you, we talk about Carol, and I do like that they keep bringing up 
Merle and Daryl having a sibling because we never hear about them. But I would also like to hear Daryl talk about the 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 friends we left behind. You know, like mm-hmm. we get the the Judas kind of like looming presence in his mind, but Daryl has known a lot of people since the zombie apocalypse, and you know, and it'd be nice for him to. I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm not saying I need a Rick Grimes men- mention, but dear God, he just left these people. You know what I'm saying? So I, yeah. I would love for them to come up also, with a conversation. He hasn't seen Rick Grimes in like eight years. So right. But I'm also, I'm also of, of, of a mindset like where, all right, this is episode two. And this is the second episode where someone said, so what brings you here? How'd you get here? What was, what was the situation that got you to France? And he's just like, uh, you know, there was a thing and I was looking for a thing and uh, we're not going to talk about the thing. So you can get away with that episode one. You can get away with that episode two. If you're still doing this episode three and four, it's like, stop it. You have to tell us something. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, eventually we got we to gotta hear the story. And I think in telling that story, something's got to come up. We got we to gotta find out what happened to him. Here's one, here's one place I thought they were unfair to Daryl was when they're saying, oh, I guess you don't have kids, do you, Daryl? Like, like, you're he's so had uncomfortable. Kids than y'all. Yeah, Stop it's like, it. yeah. He's had, like, Nick Cannon levels of kids. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's He raised Judith and RJ, basically. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why they think that he's got a problem with kids. He's got a problem with everybody. Like, that's just, that's just who he is. Yeah. Yeah. And raising Judith, the way he raised Judith is not a bad thing. You know, like if you think about it, he was saying like, we should probably be honest with Laurent about what's happening here uh, because lying to him is not going to help him. He needs to start to, you know, you really need to start to see reality here in the zombie apocalypse. And they're like, well, he's a kid. You know, if you raised children, you would know better. Like, lady, you've raised one child. Matter of fact, from, from what we can tell, you've only been around one child. Uh, that's not your sister. In the last 12 years, you have been around one child. Daryl has been around tons of kids. Um, and so I was like, yeah, he's not really wrong either. You know, lying to this kid about what's about to happen to the horse. I don't see how that helps him. You know, you, you might want to just tell him like, hey, this is a zombie apocalypse. Horses get eight. You know, we might see the horse again. We might not, but we got to move on because then you get somebody who's like as pragmatic as Judith, you know, who, you know, we, we could trust Judith with a lot of things. If you told me we were going to leave Judith and Lou together to run this kindergarten, uh, uh, like sanctuary. Oh, they're fine. I have all the faith in the world for those two people, you know? And so I I felt like it was unfair as well. Yeah. Yeah. If, If Judith had, if Judith had come across the corpse of her beloved family mule, she would have been like, Oh, I guess he got eaten. Probably shouldn't have let him go. Yep. Probably would have let Daryl have it for it. Hey, yeah, exactly. We ought to get someone here to bring him back for dinner. Yep. yep. Can we butcher this, or do you think it's got too much zombie spit on it? That's it. Right. Beautiful. I mean, there's a non-zero chance Judith doesn't hop off the cart and go and kill them herself to save the right. horse. You know, like that. That's what I said. That's why you're honest with the kids. So yeah, I get it. They're trying to protect this guy. Um, she promised her sister Isabella pro- promised her sister that she would look after the kid. So maybe that's why she feels like she needs to protect him. But at some point, you have to expose him to the rest of the world, even if this is what the world looks like. Because even the children, like you said, picked up on this guy. He doesn't know how to deal with people. He's not. He's not really a kid. Kid. He's just kind of like been living in a bubble. Yeah, and he's also, like, if he's supposed to be the Messiah, he's got to know the state of the world he's supposed to be delivering, right? Uh, yeah, at least. Uh, it's like he's on a dummy mission. Y- y- y'all haven't even really told him what his job is here. Yeah, 
I mean, well, how much does he know about how special he allegedly is? He well, doesn't. He clearly doesn't know about this quest because they said that last week. It was like, so Laura, no, we're we're going on this quest to to go to Paris. He's like, we 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 have not told him any anything. So he's he's not even really aware. I, I think they've they've sheltered him from this as well, and it's like. Okay, but then you can't really complain when he suddenly pulls a, a temper tantrum. <laughs> I want to be with my friends. <laughs> yeah, like you didn't tell him that where he's going is important. You just told him you're going on a road trip. It's like he found a cool place. Of course he wants to stay there. And you didn't tell him that he couldn't. And why does he need to go exactly? Like, is that going to, are they going to need him there? I, I'm guessing like, Okay, without giving away anything that happens. Right, I keep forgetting that you've seen it. Yeah, AJ and I know the answer to this broadly, but it's this is another safe place. I don't know if they have invoked the name of what they're calling this place yet. Not yet. They have not. But the name that they give to the place kind of gives you a sense of what it's for and why he's going there. Okay, gotcha. Because I'm thinking from our current point of view, it's clearly it's it's he's special. He's special. Mm-hmm. He's the chosen one. He's the Messiah. He's like, we got to get him somewhere. Perjan isn't here anymore. He needs his training. <laughs> Something yeah. has happened terribly here at Bobaton. Let's get him to Hogwarts. Yeah. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. How do we get at least one Fleur de la Cour reference? I mean, Fair. at least I, they definitely had dinner in the Great Hall, AJ. It was, it was right there. there uh, but yeah, I, I'm still saying that they could have just left the kid there. Unless they physically need his body in a spot, which I mean, he may, that may, may or not happen. We're two episodes in. I think he's pretty safe with Lou and the rest of the gang. You know, uh, he might not fit in right away, but y'all can go handle y'all's business and come back for him later on, it seems. Or you could leave him there for training because they clearly know a lot of stuff that would be useful for him to know. Yeah, I I don't think these kids are the worst influences he could have. I really think being out on the road with you and Daryl uh, is a lot less safe, but whatever. That's not, I've never been a parent. So what do I know? Yeah. Uh, can I talk about, like, there was something that happened in this show that was, more stupid than letting the mule run at the five zombies. There was one thing that happened that was even dumber, which was they left a giant ass map on the wall of the convent showing where they were (laughs) going to be going. Like what map did they have? Didn't they take that map down off the wall? Like, why is there an extra map? And why did they leave the like mini cassette recorder with like Daryl's whole life story? This seems like a pretty massive oversight because they did know that the nuns were getting attacked. It's like, let's hide the information. Yeah, mm. they they did at least reference the fact that they that, that big map on the wall was the big map on the wall. Because when Daryl's looking at the map uh, in this episode, we, we can go straight to Paris. He said, yeah, the, the map on Père Jean's wall also said Paris. So mm-hmm. like, he referenced the fact that that map was there. They knew it was there. Maybe that one was mounted and something. They couldn't take that one down. And it's just a map to Paris. I mean, Paris is a big city. That doesn't really mean anything. Maybe you take down the post-it note with the exact coordinates off of it. But yeah, leaving, leaving the tape recorder is is a very much a, a uh, plot convenience. You know, it's not like he kicked it, he kicked it from under a table. It was just sitting right there. Just look at me. Um, yeah, I'm surprised Tattoo Face Limpy Boy actually went back to check it out. Yeah, that showed some uh, initiative that I didn't think he had. I thought he had already hightailed it out of there and was just heading back to lick his wounds. But no, he he circled back. So he wants was... vengeance. He has a he has a personal vendetta against Daryl now. It's like yeah. blood vengeance here. 
Yeah, but it was yeah. such a rookie mistake. It really was. It really, yeah. I'm just Daryl. Daryl is basically a professional spy at this point. We've seen Daryl do a lot of crazy things. We've seen him infiltrate. We've seen him undercover. We've seen Daryl like on all sides of the law. Um, and he just leaves his tape recorder with all his information on it. It's very weird. Um, uh, not the best choice from Daryl, but again, if if after all this time, Daryl can't seem to keep this stuff together, we wouldn't have a show if he could. You know, like we have to. He has to be able to make mistakes. This is just a massive mistake. It is the mistake. You gave them all your information and the map to where you were going. And in fairness, I, just, I mean, come on. It's not like anyone in France is going to speak English. Right. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe the map was in English. Just, just everybody, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, more people speak English than speak French total. Yeah. Because we've got, we've had two guys so far that don't speak a word of French. Yeah. Three, if you count the boyfriend. Um, oh, yeah, him. Yeah. Very true. Very true. Yeah, so uh, what else do we need to talk about with regard to this episode? So we, we kind of went all over the place, but... The only other thing I would say is I thought it was just uh, amazingly fortuitous that uh, Daryl Dixon, in the moat of all the, all the walkers, is able to shoot out the uh, the tank. Uh, it explodes, killing Every walker in sight. But not Daryl. But not Daryl. I thought that was wonderfully, wonderfully choreographed. Uh, I think he killed all the close ones. This was for the distance zombies. Yeah. The distance okay. zombies. This is the range Fair weapon. Enough. Fair enough. But yeah, like he okay. got the rest of them with the flail. It's a good thing he rolled a 20 on his die. or Otherwise, uh, we might not be seeing Daryl anymore. But sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. A lot of hit points for Dixon. Yeah, Daryl's been rolling 20s for 10 years. Pretty much, pretty much. But I, 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 I still thought it was a cool sequence down there in the moat. I mean, for for all the, uh, for all the oh, it's it's kids shooting arrows, wearing masks, and howling. Oh, woo, 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 woo. I like that. Yeah, kids acting like kids. Imagine that. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, a little Lord of the Flies, sure. But it was fun. Mm -hmm. it was fun. I, I enjoyed the episode. Uh, like I said, I'm not so thrilled. Uh, of the whole and we meet these people and we meet these people and we meet these people the way they're doing it if, if you know because it, it doesn't seem like they're they're really helping they're hurting more than they're well, <laughs> I, I like the episodic nature of it but of course aj you are right i don't think it's too big a spoiler to say that this immediately goes out the window next week and it goes out the window in such a way that it's like they know that's what you're expecting, and so they make sure that's the opposite of what happens. So, yeah. I, without spoiling anything for next week, I just I just have to say that I I I liked episode one. I I liked episode two, but I was like, yeah, if I wasn't covering this, maybe I wouldn't be watching this anymore. Something better happen. Uh, uh, episode three just just won me over. Uh, so much. I, I've been waiting so much for episode three to come along. Oh, oh, brace yourselves, folks. It is going to be glorious. Yeah, you hit the top of the roller coaster in episode three, and then that first descent, there is a plot twist two-thirds of the way through episode three. I was just like, okay, I'm on board. You got me. So very excited mm -hmm. to unpack that next week. And of course, there's at least one thing next week that we need Josh Wiggler to react to. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Come back, Josh. Yeah, Come back. But I think we're going to have the full panel next week. It seems like it. Um, I, I think episode three is my favorite episode of any walking dead in quite a while. 
Like, I would say probably favorite Walking Dead episode since anything that happened in the Tales. So that should give you some idea. Um, Yes, yes. And and for me, it was a complete 180 from my reaction to uh, to Aisha Tyler and wrestling. <laughs> but I'm equally as, as as unexpected. Yes, definitely. It's we got a lot of good stuff coming up, and I think like they definitely they bring it home in such a way that it feels like it did justice to episode three. So I'm completely happy to be covering the next next four episodes of this show with two of you plus Josh Wiggler. But before we, before we say goodnight, let's talk about what else we have going on in the world. Agent asked what's going on with you. Oh, not a darn thing. Nothing's going on with me. It certainly isn't the NFL season and I'm certainly not up to my neck in inactives and Sunday injuries in the NFL. Uh, but, uh, beyond that, you know, you got your felonious pundits. The criminal minds is never going away. Criminal minds will be here for years and years and years, and me and Katad Svensgard will be covering it on Felonious Pundits. Uh, well, we're not even close. We're, we're getting close to episode 100, which will put us about 30% of the way done with this series, which is still, still, assuming this writer's strike ever gets uh, settled, still in production. Adrian asked, what, what show is going to air its final episode ever first, Criminal Minds or The Walking Dead? Uh, I I would say The Walking Dead. Oh my god! I think The Walking Dead because CBS doesn't know how to quit these shows. <laughs> they really don't. Two years off, ah, hey, bring them all back, throw them a lot of money. I mean, isn't it isn't NCIS still on the air? <laughs> I have some iteration of it. Three of its spinoffs. Yeah, CBS doesn't let these shows die. Yeah, I mean, well, NBC is no better. Law and Order is never going to die either. There you go. Mm, definitely not. Nope. Chappelle, what's going on with, in your life? Uh, oh, here on Post Show Recaps, I'm still talking about Suits every day with Rob. So Rob and I are talking about uh, every episode of Suits in daily and on our podcast. Uh, was it Suits Yourself? A Suits Rewatch binge podcast. And so if you go to SuitsPodcast.com, then you can subscribe to the podcast you can add us on facebook we have an amazing facebook community that popped up out of nowhere that likes to talk about the show suits it's uh still taking netflix by storm so check that out on uh post show recaps also on speaking of netflix i guess uh you know we're still doing the nothing but netflix thing over on rob has a podcast and so you can check us out this week it'd be me rob and our special guest jason reed to talk about a movie called love at first sight uh, and then, of course, next week on Nothing But Netflix, we'll be talking to Asia and Mary to talk about Love is Blind. Uh, and so we got both those things coming up on Nothing But Netflix. And then finally, on Rob Has a Podcast, Sasha and I are talking about Below Deck. Still, Below Deck Down Under is about to come to an end, but we just recorded our, our most recent two episodes uh, with Sharon Tharp. And so uh, great guest, great time with Sharon. It was It was amazing. So check that out. And then over on the Connect on Post Show Recaps, Mari and I are talking about The Changeling, and then Mari and Asia are talking about the other black girl on Hulu. So got a lot of Chappelle content coming your way. Just uh, follow me on Twitter at Chappelle's underscore show to keep up with all of that. How's The Changeling, Chappelle? It's apparently they filmed in my neighborhood, and it takes place Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's it's like a sci-fi kind of thriller type show. Um, It's 
uh, I think if you're familiar familiar with a changeling, with what that is in like in like science fiction, then it, it's very much up that alley. Uh, and so we're we're doing um, we did the first two episodes. We're doing the second two episodes this week, and then from there we should be on the same schedule as Apple TV. They drop four three episodes at once, like crazy people. And so yeah, but it's also a book, and so people can go check out the book as well. We're having a great time talking about it, and so those episodes are released once a week. But yeah, if you if you know what a changeling is, then yeah, it's a little bit of that involved. And so it's kind of fun to look at. Uh, it, it's a good time. I, I definitely recommend it. Yep. And also pop quiz, which show made more episodes, Mork and Mindy or Suits? Suits made more episodes. I know this because I've never seen Mork and Mindy and we know that it's 95 episodes and Suits is more than that. Because <laughs> for the next 100 some odd days of my life, I'll be talking about it. So there you go. Yep, it, it is true, but it's it's closer than you think. Um, yeah. Over in my neck of the woods, uh, if you have not seen it, I did review The Walking Dead Daryl Dixon with minimal spoilers for Variety.com, and that episode is still up. I have um, I have tweeted it out. I will probably continue to tweet out little in case you missed it links, because I had a lot of fun writing that review, and it's, it's some good stuff. Um, gives you a better sense of overall where we're going to be going this season without hopefully giving anything important away. And then, of course, over on Rob's podcast uh i am covering amazing race canada with great dan heaton and we got two more episodes of that to cover so that's going to be over in the amazing race feed and we have enjoyed this season immensely and we're having a lot of fun in the home stretch of that and of course amazing race us is just around the corner as well and rob sestrino and mike bloom and i will be coming together very soon to do a cast preview of that but of course cbs hates us and is dropping all three reality series like they're all happening simultaneously for several weeks. And if Rob's head doesn't explode, I think we'll get right into the swing of the Survivor Amazing Race cadence once all the crazy of Big Brother is over. I've been watching Big Brother. I'm not going to ever go on a podcast about it. But this season, I've been dropping the odd tweet about that. And yeah, we're still over on Twitter for now. Um, I'm sure we'll all move off of it at some point when it gets totally unusable but you can find us all there um josh wiggler is not here now but he is on twitter at round howard and um for now i think he's about done with that site um yeah, he's the first one to jump he in. has retired yeah he has retired from twitter i i believe because that's why we moved the group chat to text of course um but we are still hanging in aj is at aj mass chappelle is at chappelle's underscore show and i am at haymaker hattie and we're all there to get all your feedback about all things Walking Dead and more. So please feel free to tweet at us there. You can also email TWD at postshowrecaps.com if you, like Josh Wiggler, are too good for Twitter. So with all that in the, with all that packed away and done and ready, we are going to saddle up our new horse and gallop on out of here. So thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you back next week. Bye.